Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hello, my name is Jennifer Gardner and I'm the Programme Lead for Health and Wellbeing at NHS Employers. Welcome to our virtual board podcast series, where we talk to key board members about how they champion the well-being of their workforce in their role. Today, we are looking at the role of clinical lead. A clinical lead's role is to champion staff well-being from a clinical perspective, both to the board and the wider workforce. In this podcast, I am speaking to Dr. Julia Smedley, Head of Occupational Health at University Hospital Southampton NHS Foundation Trust. Thank you for speaking to us today, Julia. Can you describe a bit more about your role as clinical lead? Well, I would say that the role of clinical lead is all about engagement, 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 and a little bit of leadership and coordination. So uh, it's absolutely key that we engage people at board level, but as important is the bottom-up engagement of staff. So there is absolutely no point in having great support from above and deciding to provide a range of things for staff that they don't recognise or use. So uh, the uh, really, really important part of my role is in um, uh, promulgating good engagement of the staff, getting them to brainstorm with us the ideas for things that we might provide for them so that we get good uptake and to make sure that they feel some ownership of that. There is an, also a major focus on just the logistics of pulling it all together in the middle. So uh, because of resourcing issues, um, you have to take all the help that you can get within an organisation. So um, it's my job to uh, stimulate offers of help from lots of different professionals in the organisation to help coordinate that so that we don't have just a scattergun approach, but that we have something that's coordinated, we don't duplicate effort, we make the best of a range of different perspectives and, and professional attitudes, and um, to make sure that that's, that's the, the most financially efficient thing that we can do. What do you feel being a clinician specifically brings to this role? Uh, well, I feel quite strongly that being a clinician is a very important part of the role. So the absolute fundamentals you need for the role are good leadership and communication skills, but anybody from any background can do that. Uh, I think that when we are dealing with a health professional workforce fundamentally, then uh, it, it actually brings an awful lot to the role to be a clinician yourself. So that is actually good research evidence that influencing the health behaviours of health professionals is best done by peer group icons. So it's that kind of principle really. It's being able to say to people, um, I understand your perspective, I'm a clinician myself. Uh, being able to talk to them at their level, being able to make scientific arguments sometimes, not always, but sometimes. The other aspect of that, I think one, one step on beyond being a clinician, being an occupational health clinician, I think adds yet another aspect to it because here I'm seen as being in the middle between the employer and the employee. I have an impartiality and a respect from both sides that I believe gives me more influence with both sides. And how do you engage with your board and work with them to advocate well-being? Uh, well, on a, on a very pragmatic, practical level, I would divide my interaction with them into two, the formal uh, part of it and the more informal part. 
So we have a formal structure for engaging them. So we have a health and wellbeing strategy that they're brought into. Uh, they uh, promote and champion it, but I wrote it as the clinical lead. So you get the, clini the, the clinical lead to write it, but the board to sign up. Um, the uh, board champion chairs are formal health and wellbeing group that has all the stakeholders in it and we meet quarterly and uh, you know we formalize that arrangement and we have various explicit strands that we report back on progress wise. So in addition to that very formal structure that everybody in the organization can see, it's very visible, I also have a lot of more frequent low, lower key informal contact with the board. So that's really for the purpose of uh, a number of things. I bounce ideas off them, I, I do checks and balances on whether I'm taking forward the things that they perceive are important, I get their take on the things that I'm doing, I um, involve them in innovation, and I make sure that it stays within their vision and, and high on their agenda. My chief executive um, understands that it makes good economic sense to help to manage sickness, absence and productivity, but actually, much more than that, she wants our staff to feel valued. So particularly in today's difficult circumstances in the NHS, it's important for us to attract and retain the very best people to be delivering the very best patient services. And that's why for us, it, it's absolutely key. We want staff to feel uh, not more, more than just financially rewarded or with job satisfaction. We want them to be as well as they could be and to promulgate that message of how to keep yourself well onto our patients. And what do you think the biggest challenge has been working on this agenda and how have you overcome it? I think that resourcing is a challenge and non-engagement is also another big challenge. So with resourcing, uh, we, we have to be realistic about resourcing. We, you look all the time for different resources that you can channel from various different directions, but you also look for other uh, sort of opportunities that might not be tangible resource. They may, might be a bit of manpower um, or other levers. So I would say that you have to take the broadest view to identify every tiny opportunity and to make the most of it. And I would say that uh, engagement is something that you just have to keep plugging away at. The other thing with engagement is to involve as many people as possible. So the more perspectives you get, the, the less emphasis will be put on a, on a negative approach that would become a barrier. So the more people you can involve and engage, the better. What would your top tips be for another organisation thinking about introducing a clinical lead? Uh, well, I would say to um, start by looking at your own occupational health service. If you've got a good occupational health service and one that has a reasonable critical mass, then I would look to develop your lead from within that. Um, not everyone is lucky enough to have that though, so if you don't, then another thing you can do is look to develop your occupational health department a bit more. Um, and if you can't do that, then you look for other sources of expertise that are similar. So clinicians who have got an expertise in health promotion or some aspect of um, health and well-being, cardiovascular health and well-being, for example. Um, perhaps you could partner with a trust that already has good clinical leadership to um, let them come and see what good looks like. And, um, and make sure you, that you write the person spec to get someone who's a high enough grade uh, and with the skills to have enough maximum influence 
all the way through the organisation, particularly at the top and particularly with the clinicians. And lastly, what do you do to look after your own well-being? So I have been trying harder to do that. So I go to bed earlier. I try and do some exercise a couple of times a week. Uh, I try and cut out the high sugar foods that make my blood sugar rocket up and down. Um, and I don't, I limit caffeine, you know, after late afternoon. A really important point is that you uh, shouldn't beat yourself up about not doing all the right things all the time. Um, there will come times when there are peaks of workload where you have to reprioritize and some of these things go out the window, but you just have to get on back to it the next week. Um, we have a responsibility to manage that ourselves, but if it is sustained and we can't manage it, then we need to ask for help. So I think we need to ask for help from our own line manager with rationalizing the workloads and also use your occupational health service if you find that you're getting overwhelmed. Julia, thank you very much.